everyone. Welcome to episode 34 of Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. Uh, what a crazy world we're living in, y'all. What a crazy world. Crazy world. Crazy world. Um, yeah. What else is there to say? Every second, every second is a new story. It is madness. Um, I read an article this morning where this philosopher, I think he's an, he's like a, I don't remember his name, but he's American. He's an American philosopher. And he was like, I resent every hour that I spend having to think about politics. And I am with him on that point, but also feel like I also have to worry about it because we all have to worry about it because that's the situation we're in. Anyway, that is not what we're focusing on here on the blog today. The blog today is, uh, it is March-related, but not necessarily politics-related. Um, it is called How to Value a Voice, and that's all there is. Um, that's all the intro I'm giving you. Uh, here it is, How to Value a Voice. At the Women's March on the 21st of January, I saw a sign that said, girls should be told that their voices are valuable. And it struck a chord so deep in me that it took me days to unpack it. I don't disagree. Girls should, of course, be told that their voices are valuable. But it's not enough. It's not even close. Being told your voice is valuable means zero if you've never been shown that your voice is valuable. Telling is useless. It's like when a customer service automated phone service says, your call is important to us, while you sit on hold for an hour. It's disingenuous. It's lip service. I have been in so many rooms where I have been told my voice is valuable, but was then talked over, interrupted, ignored, or dismissed when I tried to use it. I have worked in many organizations that claimed to value my voice, but then made it impossible for me to express anything. Telling someone that their voice is valuable ain't shit without actual support for that voice. On top of that, whenever someone tells me my voice is valuable, it is almost always extremely patronizing. In fact, one sure signal to me that my voice is not actually valuable is to be told that it is. My friends don't need to tell me my voice is valuable to them because I know that they care what I think. My colleagues don't have to tell me my voice is valuable because they listen to it and ask for my thoughts regularly. My family doesn't need to tell me because they respond to what I tell them. I have even had employers who didn't need to tell me my voice was valuable because it was apparent from every angle. I was at an event where I heard again and again how important it was to get the voices of the young people involved. I heard how the organization valued the voices of the young, but I never heard those voices. There was no space in the event to actually hear those important voices, which makes it clear how important they actually are. That is, not at all. And I heard from those young people how unheard they felt, how unwelcome, despite the constant verbal welcoming. But what, may, you may be wondering, am I supposed to do if I'm meeting a group of people who I want to encourage, who I want to support and or mentor? How do I convince them to talk, for example, if they don't? 
it's actually fairly simple. If you want to know what someone thinks, if you want to hear them talk, you'll need to ask them what they think about something. If you want people to feel as though they're welcome to speak in a space, you have to make space for them to speak. If you are in a position of authority, that is up to you. Challenges you'd be up against is that people who have had their voices dismissed for an extended period of time, girls, for example, may be less likely to leap into empty space. Many women have learned helplessness in these situations. Women's speech is constantly policed. Vocal fry, qualifiers, upspeak are all sins that women get bashed for regularly. Women might speak more quickly than men, hurrying, trying not to be interrupted. We have less practice in speaking in groups because we have been socialized to understand that the space isn't ours. It is entirely likely that this is having an impact on your group conversation. The same holds true for any marginalized group. Anyone you're not hearing from isn't not talking because they don't know how to talk. They're not talking because while they may have been told their voice is valuable, they have not been shown. And you show value by welcoming, by invitation, by direct question, by listening, by affirming, by reflecting, and acting on what you hear. You value a voice by actually valuing a voice. Don't tell. Show. It's that simple. There you go, y'all. That's how to value a voice. Um, one of my sweet friends on Facebook said about this piece, he, he reposted it before I posted it, actually, which is great. That's my favorite thing when that happens. Um, and he said, Emily Davis crisply delineating my responsibilities. <laughs> I, I would like that in my, I don't know. I like that. I like that. I like that crisply delineating responsibilities. That's, that's, I'm up for that job. I will do that. I'd like to do that. That's good. That's good. Anyway, I will happy, be happy to crisply delineate any of y'all's responsibilities if you'd like for me to. <laughs> anyway, um, I appreciate you guys valuing my voice. Those of you who are listening and liking and responding and let me know. Um, I am on Twitter more often these days due to the horrifying political circumstances. So you can follow me on Twitter if you feel like it. Um, almost every, but every podcast I listen to, listen to does a lot of like self-promotional woo-woo, what-what on, uh, on Twitter and so on. So uh, follow me on Twitter at E-Rainbow-D. That's my Twitter handle. Um, I'm on SoundCloud with this situation. I'm on Patreon. If you feel like supporting the podcast, that's a great way to support the podcast. Also, like if you're on iTunes, give it some stars. Some stars are good. Nice review would be cool. Um, maybe you're all already doing that and I have no idea because iTunes doesn't like send notifications or anything. So, um, if you've done that already, thank you very much. And let me know on Twitter, perhaps. So the song I'm going to put here at the end is a song I wrote for my friend's baby, uh, growing now into a toddler. And apparently this toddler sings this song. Ah, it's so cute. Uh, and knows that it's for her, I think, somehow, um, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm putting this one here because there's a verse about 
uh, a voice and valuing a voice and the strength of a voice, um, which is uh, certainly with girls especially and girl babies, there's a sense of wanting us to be quiet and, you know, be nice. And uh, that, I, I don't know. There's something about the, about valuing a, a, a kid's ability to be really freaking loud if they feel like it. So uh, this is called Super Baby. Um, and it was written for Madeline. And here's Super Baby. Super Baby stretches out her little arms to fly. So high she's magic. Super Baby like a comet streaks across the sky. We try to catch a glimpse of Super Baby and when Super baby goes to sleep She curls up like a comma In the arms of her mama Super baby sleep efficiently Super baby opens up her mouth And starts to cry so high she's magic super baby with her voice her power shakes the sky we try to be as strong as super baby and when the super baby goes to sleep she of her mama, super baby, sleep efficiently, super baby, sleep efficiently, super baby, time to fly to sleep.